Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another emergency edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I am back for another solo episode today, an unprecedented second consecutive emergency pod, recording less than 24 hours after the most recent emergency podcast, a podcast that I had no idea I would be recording today, as recently as about four hours ago, I had no idea that I would be recording this podcast today, but here I am. Because five-star recruiting prospect Gunnar Stockton from Raven County, the number one dual-threat quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class, has officially committed to the good guys. And if you're asking me, that's worth talking about. And we really tried to make it work to get Curtis or Charlie on the show today once the news broke. I really didn't want to make this another solo episode I love having somebody on here to talk to, but Curtis, uh, he, he has a brief due, and then Charlie had tennis practice, so I'm holding down the ship once again today. I guess I really am. I, I guess this is the conclusion we have to draw. I guess I really am the only host of the Glory UGA podcast with absolutely no life, but I'm cool with that, and I'm here for you guys today, and, and in all seriousness, I know solo shows might not be uh, ideal, but this commitment was, it was, seriously, it was just too big to wait a week to talk about. We didn't want to wait a full week before someone else breaks. we got signing day next week. So want to go ahead and get on here and talk about today. As you can imagine, my DMs have been blowing up yet again today. So as a man of the people that runs a podcast designed for the people, I felt I had to get on here. Had to get on here and make it happen today. So again, here I am. And a lot of things to talk about today. For the second day in a row, I have no notes to work off of, which is not normally how I operate. My notes, really what my notes do is they help me kind of think through what I want to say and help me kind of structure the show, organize the show so it's not just like here and there and all over the place. So forgive me if I'm jumping around all over the place today. I really have no structure for this show because I don't have my notes. I didn't really make an outline for the show. I just knew we have some big news to talk about and we got to get on here and make it happen. So I guess I'm just going to kind of go with off the top of my head some questions that I've gotten throughout the day. And I guess the place to start would be like, did I see this coming? That was one of the first things that I, that was asked. I was like, actually, I, I think one of our listeners, I forget exactly who it was, but somebody was maybe it was G, who's been a longtime listener of the show, longtime supporter of the show. And I think he asked me this morning, is like, hey, have you heard all this smoke about 
Gunnar Stotson and maybe committing, and I, I hadn't heard anything hard. I, I hadn't been asking people about it around town, really, because I, 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 what I had heard, you know, just kind of vaguely over the past couple of weeks, month or so, is that since he decommitted from South Carolina, that we were trying to make a move and we were we were making some headway there, making some progress. But I didn't, I had no idea that this was impending. And actually, as I was typing out my response, saying what I just said, then I get a text from somebody saying, "Oh yeah, dude, we just." landed Gunner Stockton. I don't, don't know if it's hit the news yet, but we just landed him. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, this is actually happening. This is a real thing. So no, I didn't like I, I didn't know it was happening today. Had no foreknowledge of that. I, I knew that we were trending. I had been told we were kind of trending and we were trying to make a move and making some progress there, but I didn't know it was coming today. Uh, but then the second question I've gotten is, how did Kirby Smart pull this off? It, it wasn't that long, long ago this guy was committed to South Carolina, had family ties to Mike Bobo with it with his uh, Mike Bobo's dad. His dad lives up there in Rabin County near Gunner Stockton. Actually has a relationship with uh, the family, um, with, with the high school, Rabin County High School, and has been working with Gunner since he was a young kid uh, with his quarterback play. So there's that built-in relationship there. His head coach at Rabin County, Jay Bo Shaw, his brother Connor Shaw, former South Carolina quarterback. We all know that. Uh, he's at South. I think he's still at South Carolina right now, even with the, the coaching change there. So it wasn't that long ago, they seemed locked in to South Carolina. And we, and we were the runner-up there uh, initially, but it seemed like he was locked in there. So I've gotten asked, like, how did Kirby Smart do this? And why did he commit to us? I think a lot of people assume that he was going to end up committing to Auburn following Mike Bobo from South Carolina to Auburn, given the built-in family relationship. And I, we got this question a couple weeks back on one of the mailbag episodes. If you guys remember, if you, if you remember back to that show, I think it was, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And the question we were asked was was pretty simple. Do you think we actually have a shot with Gunnar Stockton? And I think I think the prevailing thought with family connection to the Bobos and also with us just signing Brock Vandegrift, another five-star quarterback, one class before him with no class separation, I think the prevailing thought was, yeah, he was going to end up at Auburn. But my thoughts were what I said back on that show was, yeah, Auburn, maybe they should be considered the favorite. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with them being the favorite here. I think that makes sense, but I would not count us out. First off, never count out Kirby Smart when it comes to recruiting. Never. Have we not learned that lesson yet? I'm not saying he's going to land everybody that, that he goes after. We're going to miss on some guys, but when Kirby really zeroes in on a guy, never, ever, ever count him out. Never count us out for a prospect that we're really going hard after. And so that, on one level, you just think you got Kirby Smart, so you got to feel at least somewhat confident there, but I kind of rejected the idea that the presence of Brock Vandegrift would work against us in this recruitment if it truly was down to Auburn and Georgia, which is what we were hearing at that time. Because he'll hear me out here, and this is this is what this is. I think I think this truly played a factor. Now I don't really know because I've never talked to Gunnar Stockton, but I, I think this is logical. Yes, we just landed Brock Vandegrift. He's already enrolled here. Really super excited about Brock. Think he can be an incredible quarterback for us. So on one hand, it makes sense. Okay, well, why would you come in following that guy when it seems like he's the heir apparent? When you go to Auburn, then you could be the guy. You could be the guy right away. But can you? Really? Because right now, Bo Nix is the quarterback at Auburn. He's pretty entrenched there. I've been very open about my thoughts on Bo Nix. I don't think he's very good. I And the thing is about Bo Nix, I think he was actually a better fit for Gus Malzahn's system than he is for the system Brian Harson's bringing. I'm not saying he can't grow in that system. Bobo does a good job of quarterbacks. But... Bo Nix was never great in, in in Gus Malzahn's system, so why do we expect him to be great in Brian Harson's system? But regardless, right now he is the entrenched quarterback at Auburn. He's got family ties there. I know some people talked about him like, hey, could he transfer out? I just I just don't see that happening. I, I really don't. 
And my thought is this. Okay, look, this year, if everything goes as planned, JT Daniels is going to be our starting quarterback. And let's just hope to God, knock on wood, that he does not get injured, has no recurrence of any injury issues at all. And he's healthy the whole season and we win big and everything is great. If that is indeed the case, and that's how it plays out, yes, I know that Brock Vandergriff will have a full year here on campus in the system ahead of Gunnar Stockton. I get that. But what he won't have is any starting experience. He will not have a stranglehold on that job. Kind of like Jay Fromm had prior to Justin Fields coming here in 2018. Fromm had basically a full year as a starter, had a stranglehold in that job, and you would have to flat out beat him to take that job from him. And that never transpired in the preseason of 2018, heading into that season. If things go as planned with JT Daniels this year in 2021, then what that means is in 2022, we will have a wide open battle with no quarterback on the roster, I guess, other than maybe Stetson Bennett if he's still around, with any starting experience. Brock Vandergriff, yeah, he'll been on campus for a year, but no starting experience. He hasn't had that job. Carson Beck, if he's still around, been on campus for a couple years, no starting experience, okay? So then you would have a situation where, yeah, he'll be a true freshman, but he will still have a wide open opportunity to beat out Vandergriff, to beat out Carson Beck if he's still around for that job. And neither one of those guys will have any starting experience at the college level over him. Now you look at Auburn, okay? I do not think that Bo Nix is going to be going pro after this year. What have we seen from Bo Nix to this point to give us any reason to believe that he is going to be a highly sought after quarterback coming out after the 2021 season, after his junior season? I have seen no evidence to suggest that's going to be the case. I think it's more likely than not that he is going to be a four-year guy at Auburn. If that's the case, then Gunnar Stockton would have to sit for a full year. He would have no chance to win the job as a true freshman. He would have to sit in 2022 and then maybe have the chance as a redshirt freshman to win the job in 2023. Whereas if you come to Georgia, which he has clearly chosen to do, you have a wide open opportunity to win the quarterback job in 2022, going into that season against Brock Vandegrift and against Carson Beckham, if he's still here and whoever might still be on the roster. So that's why I wasn't altogether surprised that he committed to, to us. I, I'm not like, I didn't know it was coming today. It took me by surprise that it happened today, but I wasn't like blown away. Like, oh my God, where did this come from? I had no idea that we were this in it. I, I felt like we had a pretty good chance. I, I didn't have any hard inside information on that, but just looking at it from the outside, looking in, I just thought logically Georgia was maybe the more logical landing spot for him if he truly wants to play early. Now, of course, all that hinges on JT Daniels going pro after this season. And again, if we if he has the year that we hope he has and things go as planned this year, that will indeed be the case. This will be his fourth year out of high school. So it, it makes sense that he would go pro for this year. Now, things happen, injuries happen, and I don't even want to go there. Honestly, I don't even want to put that bad juju out there. I don't even want to think about that. So of course, it hinges on that. But if he does have a good year and things go as planned this year and he goes pro, then yeah, Gunnar Stockton is going to have a wide open opportunity to win the job as a true freshman. Doesn't mean he's going to do it, but he'll have more of an opportunity to do that at Georgia than I think he will at Auburn because I do think that Bo Nix is going to be a four-year quarterback. He'll be the quarterback in 21 and in 22 at Auburn. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And then I guess the next question I've gotten a couple of times today is how good is Gunnar Stockton? Like, how excited should we actually be about this guy? Is he as good as Brock Vandegrift? And the answer is he is really, really good, guys. I'm very excited about him. Even when he committed to South Carolina, I mean, I told you guys, I think he's really good. I'm not going to be one of those guys that's just sour grapes saying, oh, he went to South Carolina, so now he's terrible. We never wanted. No, I, I wanted Gunnar Stockton. I've been, I've been talking about Gunnar Stockton for a couple of years now since when he was basically a freshman. That's how long I've been talking about this guy. Now, I see Brock Vandegrift. We'll get to that later. I don't want to spoil that yet, but let's just talk about Stockton right now. This guy is 6'1", 220. He's a, a rising senior. He'll be a senior next year. He's in the 2022 class. This year threw for a little over 3,100 yards, 45 touchdowns to only four interceptions. Has a really good arm. Can easily put the ball out there, 65 plus yards in the air. Um, throws really good accuracy. Throws a really accurate ball. He does a good job with his progressions. He's, As far as I'm concerned, in my limited viewing of him, he seems like he does a good job going through his progressions. He's good in the pocket. Uh, he's, he's a dual threat guy. He's the number one dual threat quarterback in the country as well. So that means he is a runner on top of having a good arm. And he's a physical runner. He's a little bit of a different running style. He's not necessarily what you think of as like the, the true like speedy dual threat guy. Like he has fine speed. I mean, I, I would call him like, I would say he has average speed. It's he, He's plenty fast enough, but he's certainly not a burner. He reminds me kind of like Tim Tebow. He's not quite as big as Tebow. But like when Tebow ran the ball back at Florida in what the late 2000s with Urban Meyer's offenses there, it wasn't that, that Tebow was that fast. He was fast enough, but he was just big and powerful and would just grind you. And Stockton, that he reminds me of that kind of running style. Not to say that he can't break some long runs. He does in high school, but it's also high school, right? He's just faster than all those guys. But at the college level, I think he would have average speed for a college quarterback, but still plenty of speed, certainly a mobile quarterback, um, definitely a mobile quarterback. I mean, he had 1,500 yards rushing this year, following up 1,100 yards last year. So back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons as a rusher when the guy has thrown for over 3,000 yards. That's pretty awesome. Um, he also, and look, he's the next in line of of just the, the country boy Georgia quarterbacks. Going back, you know, Jake Fromm. Then you got Brock Vandegrift, and Stockton might be as big of a country boy as, as any of them. I mean, growing up there in the mountains, the North, the North Georgia mountains there in, in Raven County. Well, so he's, he's kind of a quiet guy, but he seems to kind of have that lead by example vibe. Just seems like a good, humble young man. Again, I don't know that for sure. I don't know the guy, but just from from talking to some people and just you know, what you read about him, what you hear and what you see in like interviews, seems like a, a, a good, humble guy that could be a good leader for our team. And he is, he is very, very talented. And I do think he's deserving of the five-star status right now with what he brings to the table from an arm talent standpoint, from his ability to to understand coverage and go through progressions, his running ability, leadership ability, all those things, his production on the field. I think he absolutely deserves five-star status. Sometimes these quarterbacks don't. I do think he does, as I also believe that Brock Vandergriff does as well. Now, obviously, this is huge just based on his talent. But when you're talking about quarterbacks in a recruiting class, it doesn't just stop with how productive you think they can be at the high school level. A part of this that's also really exciting is what he can do in helping us recruit this class. The trend in recent years is that quarterbacks just commit typically earlier than most other prospects, at least the highly recruited quarterbacks, typically are recruiting 
are committing earlier than other highly recruited players at other positions because they are the centerpiece of the class that programs want to build their recruit their recruiting classes around. You go to receivers, you say, hey, you got this guy. You, don't you want him throwing the ball to you? You go to offensive linemen. Hey, don't you want to protect this guy? You go to running backs. Hey, you, don't you want to compliment this guy? That's how you build classes. You start with the quarterback and build out from there. So getting him right now is going to be huge in helping us land some of the targets that we are going after right now. There's a number of guys out there, whether it's Travis Hunter at Collins Hill, Kojo Antwi, I think that's how you say his last name, or Antwi uh, at Lambert High School. Those kind of guys they're going to perk up and all of a sudden they're going to take notice of, oh, wow, Gunnar Stockton's going to Georgia. Not only do we have Brock Vandegrift, but also Gunnar Stockton now too. Okay, okay. That's certainly a boost for Georgia's chances with those kind of prospects. And just because he's here doesn't mean that we're automatically going to land all those guys, but it absolutely helps. It absolutely helps when you have a five-star quarterback in that class to build around. They'll have group techs. They'll come on visits. It's great to have a guy like that to lead this class. I mean, we saw what brought Vandergriff this year. Marius Mims, he and Marius Mims famously had a very close relationship. Vandergriff's all over Twitter encouraging guys, talking to guys, have a group chat, all those kind of things. He's actually hosting guys. Like, I know our our coaches couldn't host anybody on campus this year, but hey, it really helps you have brought Vandergriff. 10, 15 miles down the road who can basically host these guys himself, literally having guys come over to his house for dinner, show them around Athens, show them around town, show them where to go, show them a good time, all those things. That is a tremendous boost to your recruiting class. So I'm not saying that Gunnar Stockton is going to be Brock Vandergriff level in helping us recruit to this class because he doesn't live like here basically in Athens and hopefully visits will be allowed to open up after April. I now think there's a dead period through April, but I've heard talk that they're going to start to open up maybe a quiet period after that point. I think it's April 15th. But I do think that having a guy like Gunnar Stockton committed in this class is certainly going to help us recruit some of those other players around him that will help make our program better in the long run. So that that's another huge benefit to getting a guy like Gunnar Stockton in the fold this early. Now, I do want to address this because I I haven't gotten a lot of feedback in this direction, but I've had one or two people mention this. And we actually had a mailback question about this not too long ago as well. And, and this is an idea that I just, I kind of reject, to be honest with you. And it's the idea that like, hasn't Kirby learned his lesson? I actually had somebody DM me that today. Like, why is everyone so excited about us landing Gunnar Stockton. Hasn't Kirby learned his lesson from the Jake Fromm, Justin Fields saga all those years ago? Kind of just saying like, this is the Fromm Fields saga all over again. And I reject that because I don't think it is an exact parallel. In fact, I don't think there's all that many similarities at all. Uh, A lot of people like, like when, with the whole Fromm and Fields thing, people were upset. It wasn't so much that they hated Jake Fromm, is that they were mad at Kirby because they felt like he made the wrong choice, especially for the program long-term, choosing Fromm over Justin Fields in 2018. So I just, honestly, I disagree with the premise that this is Jake Fromm versus Justin Fields all over again. And it's going to end in a disaster ending controversy with one of these guys transferring out and the national media creating narratives that Kirby Smart made the wrong choice and he can't handle quarterbacks and the fan base being so divided and and whoever actually ends up winning the job and sticks around and gets beat up by half the fan base because they've already made their mind up that they were on the team of the other guy. I just don't think that's the case here. I totally reject that premise because if you look at it, the Fromm and Fields scenario, Fromm and Fields were apples to oranges, okay, in their style of play and what they brought to the table and what they meant for the future of the Georgia offense. Gunner and Brock, 
they're not apples to oranges. Gunner and Brock are like Granny Smith apples to Golden Delicious apples. They're far more similar than they are different, okay? They're both talented quarterbacks who, in my opinion, are both dual threat guys, can both run. They can both run with some power. They both have good solid speed. They both throw with good accuracy. They go through progressions. They both have good arms, good size. I think they are much more similar to each other than what Fromm and Fields were. And to the idea that you know, one of these guys is gonna have is gonna end up transferring out because only one guy is gonna win the job. Whoever doesn't win the job is gonna transfer out, and that's gonna create controversy. To that idea, I I would say this: like to the people who still to this day kill Kirby Smart over the from the Jake Fromm and Justin Fields thing and the choosing Jake Fromm over Fields in 2018. To those people, it's about way more than just the two individual quarterbacks. Okay, it was about Kirby choosing the same old boring antiquated scheme over a new age innovative exciting scheme that's that's really what it was people were hopeful that by getting Justin Fields we were going to kind of launch this new era of Georgia football where we were going to come into the future with a new innovative offense a dual threat quarterback like we've never had before that's going to excite the fan base and do crazy things and really open up the offense all those things that's what that's really what it was about right is that Kirby stuck with the same old same old the old scheme he was stuck in the past and he wasn't looking towards the future like the game was passing him by like yeah he's a defensive guy but he can't get the offense right it wasn't just about from and fields it was about more than that and I don't think you have that here because again Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton are far more similar in their style of play than they are different I'm not saying they're the exact same quarterback but they have far more similarities than Justin Fields and Jake Fromm ever had Fromm and Fields were in two different stratospheres from their skill set standpoint again it wasn't just about those guys it was about the offense that our team would run with whoever won that job. And people were just ready for us to move on from the old ground and pound scheme. They wanted to open up wide open, go spread, have a dual threat quarterback, all that kind of stuff. All the exciting stuff that you're seeing all over college football now, which makes sense. It's just taking over college football. I get that. So that's why I don't think this is a good comparison to the Justin Fields, Jake Fromm scenario. I don't think it's doomed to end in controversy and catastrophe. I just, I just don't see that. Now is one of those guys likely going to transfer out at some point? Yeah, because one of those guys is going to win the job and one of them's not. Whoever doesn't win the job is a really good chance they're going to transfer out. Now, I will say if Stockton does not win the job right away, he might stick around. I don't know. You don't know what's important to guys. You don't know what motivates them. And there is a scenario where, okay, let's say that Brock Vandegrift wins the job, okay? Just for argument's sake, let's say he wins the job in 2022. That will basically be his second year. At, that will be his second year out of high school. So he could be the quarterback in 2022 and then again in 2023. Well, if he's the quarterback we all think he is and all want him to be, after 2023, he can go pro. And you got Gunnar Stockton sitting there going into, it would be his redshirt sophomore year. He could be the starter as a redshirt sophomore and then have a big year and go pro himself. Or he could be, he could be the quarterback for a couple years after that. It, it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it happens. I mean, look at Florida with Emory Jones, right? Emory Jones was a highly recruited quarterback coming to high school. He still he stuck around. They had two quarterbacks that started over him. You had first Felipe Franks and you had Kyle Trask, and he's still around. He has not transferred out, and it's going to be his year this year. So it would not be unprecedented, even in today's age, where the trend admittedly is that these highly rated five star quarterbacks, if they don't win the job right away, they're going to transfer out. There are still some examples where those guys sit around and are willing to wait their turn. I don't know if that's going to happen with Gunnar Stockton, but I don't think it's impossible. I mean, he is a Georgia guy. So who knows? That could potentially factor into it. Now, if Gunnar Stockton wins the job in 2022, I do think that Brock Vinegar 
almost certainly transfer out because he's the one that is a year ahead of Gunnar Stockton. So if Stockton beats him out when Stockton's a true freshman, then Vanegar is probably not going to be the starting quarterback at any point. So he would probably transfer out. But regardless of any potential controversy with how the battle plays out between Stockton and Vandegrift at some point, I just don't understand the idea that we would not want the most talented roster possible, all right? Give me all the five-star quarterbacks that we can find. If that means that one of them is going to have to transfer out because he doesn't win the job, okay, I guess that's just the way college football has trended. But the idea that we don't want the most talented roster possible that's just irrational to me. I just, I can't wrap my head around that because I've actually had some people tell me like, hey, I'd really rather us just get one of those three-star guys this year so that we can have some class separation between Vandegrift and whoever we get in 2023 and go after a big-time guy in 2023. I don't want to deal with a quarterback controversy all over again like we did with Fields of From. I've had people tell me that and I, you know, I, I don't want to argue with anybody. I mean, people are entitled to their own opinions and, and like, I'm not saying that I'm right. I, I, I might be wrong, but I just, to me, Talent is what wins you football games at a high level. We've seen that. Having elite quarterback play is the difference. That's what you have to have. I mean, just look at our offense this year. When we go from Stetson Bennett to JT Daniels, it's night and day. You have to have the elite quarterback. And I do believe that Brock Vangriff is that guy. I think he's going to be a star at the college level. I truly do believe that. But don't you want another highly talented five-star guy to push him? Don't you want to make sure that you have the absolute best quarterback possible? And what if in 2022, if Vandegrift wins the job, what if he gets hurt? I mean, he's had some injuries in his past. If he gets hurt, are you going to be satisfied to sit there with a, with a three-star quarterback that we brought in because we want to have a year of class separation between Vandegrift and whoever we're going to bring in as the next five-star? Is that what you really, really want to do? Wouldn't you rather have another five-star sit in the wings, ready to go? I mean, think about this year, guys. I mean, obviously, Jamie Newman does what Jamie Newman did, and JT's hurt. He's not ready to go week one, early in the season. He's not ready to go. And we basically had to default to either Dwan Mathis, who never started a game in his career and wasn't ready, or former walk-ons, Tessa Bennett. Wouldn't it have been great to have another five-star sitting there? Wouldn't you rather have that? Of course you would. And this idea of, oh, we'll just wait till 2023 and get another five-star quarterback that year, there's no guarantee that we will land a five-star quarterback in 2023. I know we recruit well, and there's a good chance that we could do that, but there's no guarantee there. So if Gunnar Stockton, the number one dual-threat quarterback in the country from your own backyard here in the state of Georgia, not that far from Athens, he tells you, hey, I want to come to Georgia. We're supposed to look at him and say, thanks, but no thanks? Like, what sense in the world does that possibly make? So I just, I totally disagree with that. Again, people are totally entitled to their opinions, and I respect that. I just, I can't, I can't be down with that. I mean, I cannot agree with that at all. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. Now, the, probably the biggest question I've gotten today is, 
What does this mean? Who's going to be our quarterback? Who's going to win the battle between Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton? Who's going to stick here with the Georgia Bulldogs their entire career? And who's probably going to be a guy that transfers out? And look, I don't know. First off, let me say, I, I don't know. That's why they go out there and they compete, okay? These guys are, are very close in their talent level and their ability. And it's a really tough call right now. And we haven't seen either one of these guys at the college level. But I have seen both these guys play a fair amount. I have seen more Brock. I have to say that in full disclosure. He's closer to me here in Athens. I've seen the guy play multiple times. Whether it's on TV, in person, I've seen this guy play a couple times. More than a couple times. And here's what I will say. I hate to throw cold water on the excitement over Gunnar Stockton. And, and you should be excited, guys. I'm really excited, okay? I'm ready for an epic battle at the quarterback position. I want the best guy to win it, okay? I don't have any favorites. I want whoever is going to be the best quarterback for Georgia to win the job in 2022. If that's Brock Vandegrift, awesome. If that's Gunnar Stockton, awesome. They both seem like great young men, great leaders, great assets for our program, and I just want the best for Georgia. So whoever ends up being the best option for Georgia, that's who I'm behind, okay? I, I, I wish them both both the absolute best of luck. But based off what I've seen from them at high school, and granted, this is the high school level, I still maintain that I believe Brock Vandegrift is the quarterback that will end up winning that job if they're going head-to-head, okay? I think he is a better quarterback, not by a lot, okay? And I'm certainly not arrogant enough to sit here and say, well, there's just no chance that Gunnar Stockton's gonna beat out Brock Vandegrift. I don't know that. I don't know that at all. I, I certainly don't have a crystal ball that I can peer into and say that, but if you want me to be honest, I've, I've been asked this question and I'm trying to be honest with you guys. I, I've said it before. I said it before Stockton decommitted. I said it after Stockton decommitted. I said it before he committed today that I think that Brock Vandegrift is a little bit better. He and maybe it's just a preference thing for me. I I just like what I've seen from him more, a little bit, ever so slightly more than what I've seen from Gunnar Stockton. Okay. Again, though, I'm not arrogant enough to say there is no chance that Stockton can beat him out because we have to remember Gunnar Stockton's still a junior. So everything I've seen from him, he's a year younger than Brock Vandegrift. So there is a difference between a junior quarterback and a senior quarterback. I mean, Brock as a junior was really good. He was hurt half that year, but he was really good. But I think he took significant strides as a senior. I think he was a different quarterback, a better quarterback, a more developed quarterback. I love what I saw from him as a senior. I think he was better. So you gotta say that as well. And, I, and again, I just, I don't think there's a big gap between Brock and and Gunner. I think they're, they're very similar in their skill sets and in their ability level. But here's why Right now, if I had to handicap it, I would give the edge to Brock at this point on January 28, 2021, which is certainly an opinion that's subject to change as I see more of Gunnar Stockton. But right now, I would give the slight edge to Brock Vandegrift. And here's why. He's, he's got great size. I think, he's, I think he has better quarterback size than Gunnar Stockton. And what I mean by that is he's just taller. Okay, I think he's built better for that job. Stockton's, he, he's stocky. He's, he's shorter, he's stockier, he's thicker. But Brock's taller, about 6'3", 215 right now. And Brock has really bulked up himself. He doesn't have the kind of stockiness of, of Gunnar Stockton. But he's been working in the weight room, guys. They both work in the weight room. That's, an, that's another similarity between them. Different kind of body types, but they both work in the weight room. They're not these fragile little quarterbacks. They'll get knocked around. Like They're not like Mac Jones. So Mac Jones was great for Alabama. Did you guys ever see that photo of Mac Jones in the locker room with a cigar with his shirt off? The guy looked like he had the body of like a nine-year-old. It's like, what? Is, is this? A, like, I thought it was Photoshop, but no, it's a real thing. No, these guys with a shirt on, these guys are, are jacked up, all right? They're in good shape. Uh, and, and Brock is... 
an underrated runner. He, I know he didn't put up the numbers rushing this year that Gunnar Stockton did. I mean, Stockton put up 1,500 yards rushing, guys. That's insane. He put up 1,100 yards the year before, back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Brock did run for more than 500 yards this year. And let's not forget, for over half a season, Brock was playing on a torn PCL. So his dad, the coach at, at Prince Avenue, was very open after the season. Was like, yeah, once the knee was torn or the PCL was torn, we just decided that we were not going to run Brock unless we had to run Brock. And there were times they had to run him, and they did. And he he responded. You, I honestly, it was hard to like watching him throughout the season. You couldn't really tell. I, I was wondering why they weren't running him more. But when he did run, you couldn't really tell that there was something wrong with him. Uh, but Brock is more than capable as a runner. I think he's a true a true dual threat guy as well. He actually ran for a thousand yards as a sophomore. Again, he was injured for about half of his junior year. I think he played like eight games that year, I want to say. And, and on top of that, like not only is he underrated in his mobility, I, I would maybe you give the edge to, to Stockton because I mean, guys put up back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. But when you watch them run, I think Brock is faster, all right? He's not quite as thick and as powerful, powerful of a runner as Gunnar Stockton, but I do think he's faster. I think he's more nimble. I think he has better short area quickness. And he also runs hard. He, he's not as big as Stockton, but he does run hard. Maybe not as hard as Stockton. He doesn't have the same body type, but he'll put his shoulder down. He'll he'll run hard and try to run through you and get those tough yards. I, I've seen him do that many times. And as a passer, like they're similar. They're both accurate, but Brock is just so accurate and so precise, both on the run and in the pocket. Now, I will say... I wouldn't argue with someone if they said that Stockton had maybe a little bit of a stronger arm. I don't think that's crazy. That might actually be true, but it's not a significant difference at all. It's not very noticeable. Uh, Brock has plenty strong enough of an arm. I've seen him make basically every single throw you can possibly make. I've seen him throw the deep out from the far hash with a lot of zip. I've seen him do all those things. He can put the ball out there with the best of them. And I, I love how accurate Brock Vandegrift is, how accurate and precise he is both on the run and in the pocket. I do think he throws the ball better on the run. And as a dual threat quarterback, that's a very, very valuable skill to have. In fact, I, Brock might actually throw the, better, the ball better on the run than he does in the pocket, which is crazy to say. But in some respects, when you watch a guy play, I mean, just pull up his highlights. If you've never actually seen a guy play a full game, just pull up highlights and you can, you can see that on full display just in his highlights. But he's deadly on the run, and he'll and, and that really stresses defenses because with his running ability and then his also his ability to just destroy you through the air on the run with pinpoint accuracy, that is really tough to handle. I think he manipulates the pocket really well. He reads coverages extraordinarily well. He's a coach's son. He goes through progressions really well, and so does Gunnar Stockton. I'm not saying he doesn't. I just think Brock. As a, as a guy who's a year older than Stockton, is maybe a little, just ever so slightly more advanced in that regard and a little bit more polished. Not a ton. Again, there's not a huge gap between them in, in any regard, but I do think that Brock might have a, just ever so slightly a little bit more polished. Uh, and I, I think they're both tough. Brock is tough as nails, guys. I mean, the fact that this guy knew that he was playing on a torn PCL, I was like, yeah, yeah, shrug it off. Let's keep playing. I'm not stopping. We're going for that state title. And when they needed him to run, even on torn PCL, this guy didn't blink. He just did what was asked of him. That is like legend stuff, right? I mean, for, for I know it's high school, but like Prince Avenue, I mean, that's legendary for them. If he was doing that kind of, imagine if he was at Georgia playing on a torn PCL for half the year and uh, he wins a national title. I mean, talking about legendary, I mean, that is the definition of legendary. Now, who knows if that'll ever happen, but I mean, this guy is tough as nails. I love that. And here's what I might love the most about Brock Vandegrift. Again, I've seen more of him than I have 
of Gunnar Stockton. So I have to put that in context. But Brock Vandergriff is an alpha, guys. He is a straight-up alpha out there on the field. He is a natural-born leader. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to make the play in crunch time. And he delivers time after time after time in crunch time when they need him. He does not blink. If he's certain, he doesn't care. He keeps going. And it's really fun to watch that happen. He's the kind of guy that people gravitate to. He's charismatic. He is just a flat-out alpha. And maybe Gunnar Stockton is too. I don't know as much about Gunnar Stockton and his personality because, again, I haven't been around him as much, haven't seen him as much. I hope that changes this year now that hopefully we get out of this pandemic and we're able to kind of go around and, and do some different things. Now that he's committed to Georgia, I'll try to be asking around, see if I can get some interviews. Actually, it'd be great to get some people on here to talk about Gunnar Stockton and what he brings to the table. But my understanding of him right now in my limited viewing of interviews with him he seems more like a, a lead by example guy more of a of a quiet by nature maybe introverted guy I, I don't know that for sure that's just my impression of him and and that's okay there's nothing at all wrong with that that's what Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb obviously was an alpha too but Brock Vandergriff is just like the true definition of an alpha and you want a guy like that at quarterback so for all those reasons I would give Brock the ever so slight edge right now and plus also you got to throw this in as well he won't have a year of hopefully won't have a year of starting experience ahead of Gunnar Stockton as hopefully JT Daniel stays healthy everything goes as planned this year but he will have a full year in the system and that's not insignificant. That's something, right? He'll have a head start there, learning the system and getting actual reps. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously Gunnar Stockton will be able to come watch practice and he'll be doing sessions with, with Todd Munkin on Zoom. And then once we're able to actually get back in person with visits, I'm sure he'll sit down the, on the whiteboard with him and, and, and draw out some plays and that kind of thing. They'll be, he'll have plenty of exposure to our offense, but it's not, that's not the same as actually being in our offense, practicing with the team and getting live reps with that offense. And I do think that is an edge. Now, that's not something that can't be overcome by Gunnar Stockton, but I do think that does give Brock Vandergriff at least a little bit of an edge on top of things I just mentioned as, as why I think he is going to be the guy that ultimately ends up winning that battle. But man, however it shakes out, it is going to be so much fun to watch. And I'm just glad that we have two five-star options to be our next quarterback to follow JT Daniels. That is a luxury, guys. Most programs, almost every program in the country doesn't have a luxury like that. So again, the idea that we should have just taken a three-star prospect instead of Gunnar Stockton when he wants to commit here, that's crazy talk to me. I, I welcome him. I welcome the competition between him and Brock Vandergriff. I think that makes whoever wins the job better. And by no means am I riding Gunnar Stockton out of this quarterback battle going into the 2022 season. It's going to be fun to watch. Both guys have a great shot to do this. But if I had to be honest and you put a gun to my head and I have to pick one of those guys right now, I would give the slight edge to Brock Vandergriff. But Stockton has time to catch up and it'll be a lot of fun to see how this plays out. But all right, guys, thanks for hanging with me today here on the Glory UGA podcast. Hopefully now we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. We should have Curtis on with our first episode of the week. And Charlie and I, we have we have some plans to hold ourselves accountable for our predictions in the preseason. We'll talk about what we got right, what we got wrong. That's the plan, unless some more news drops. And then, of course, we'll be covering signing day as well. It'll probably be a pretty anticlimactic signing day. There's not a ton left to put together in this class, but we'll certainly break down everything that happened there and talk about this recruiting class in general now that it'll all be signed, sealed, and delivered here in a couple of days. So a lot of great stuff coming up for you guys the next couple of weeks. Make sure to check back in. 
Have a great weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed this bonus edition of the Glory UJ podcast. Got a third edition of the show this week. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Have a great weekend. Big shout out to the women's tennis team. Got a huge match here in Athens against number one North Carolina this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Unfortunately, it's not open to the public, but uh, Charlie and I will be there in person and we will be reporting back what happens in that match. So big shout out to the Lady Dogs, Coach Bernstein, uh, Coach Wallace. Wish you guys the absolute best of luck. It's a huge rematch from the 2019 National Indoor Championship match that went down to the absolute wire in the tie break in the final singles match on court one. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll report back to you guys on that. Have a great weekend. And as always, go dog.